So, this is just a kind of like a mini job, so I don't think it's going to have its own downtime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you want to try to do the sneaking in thing as like a uh, as a uh, a job application? Quell, is that what you wanted to do? Really, the only reason I suggested that is I was we were you were asking what kind of loads we were all carrying, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I, one of the things that uh, that Quell carries is a fine melee weapon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so this could be the ultimate sushi knife. <laughs> <laughs> I think by default it's too low, so that's a hell of a sushi knife. It it is like the best knife mm-hmm. ever. This okay. thing it could like cut sashimi nanoparticle thin. <laughs> you know that's that's funny enough for me. I'm down with that. <laughs> I mean, I think that would it, technically make this deception, but. Uh... That would basically be how how you get in, and then, yeah. Yeah, my thought on how to handle this was, because I get my luxury items. That's one of the things about being a speaker. um, So a luxury item, fine brandy, small but thoughtful gifts, spices, and perfumes. And I was thinking kind of a, hey, we have this. But let's come to an agreement so it doesn't have to go anywhere. And I was going to just gift them some exotic mm. spices. And... I think Quell, Quell is excited about something. What's going on? Because you have access to delicious exotic spices, can we challenge them to a cook-off? <laughs> <laughs> Who here knows how to cook? What would that come off of? I don't even know what. It depends on how you're cooking. It's you know this game does not have skills; it has approaches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a super sweet melee instrument, which could totally be like the finest culinary knife ever, Mm -hmm. and that I just found junk picking one day. (laughs) Uh Because you know that's because the the followers of the way are supposed to be built off of Jedi's, and so. You know, it's supposed to be a lightsaber, but it's not because we're not playing a Star Wars type game. It is a really nice kitchen knife. Okay. <laughs> and cool. like uh, you have nice spices and we have Gadget who could make like the perfect cooking surface ever, <laughs> like for perfect heat like dispersal so you don't get any like hot spots. Mm-hmm. And you could tenderize the meat. Yes! So we'll have our cooking teams. Our team versus their team. Okay. <laughs> Myriad knows a lot about meat because Myriad is a ground hunter. So knows about, you know, fine quality harvesting free range meat and tenderizing it and like storing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I think this is probably assault <laughs> and the point of attack is cooking battle. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what are the terms here, basically? Uh, you, you win and what? They win, or, yeah, you win and what? I, the player of Quell, have not thought that far ahead yet. I, f- I feel like if we go into a battle with, a, well, I guess if we win, they, I don't know, because we already have the letter from the counselor saying we have all of this, so knock it off. 
Yeah, but it's informal, right? So that they could yeah. they could still be they could still argue it at the council. It could take months. Um, yeah, they you could say you have to knock off this this horseplay and also give us free dinner whenever we're in port. Um, you know, you could do something like that. Um, you could just uh, say, you know, you all have to get out of you all have to leave the the cafe or you know the the cantina. Um, it's up to you what you want, what demands you want to make, and that's going to influence the engagement role. We role-all. own the cantina, so we <laughs> we get part of the revenue. Oh. <laughs> nice. Huh. A share of the cantina? Um, a share of the cantina. So yeah. how about if we win, we don't take this letter uh, calling all of your BS to the council, and you leave us alone. No, I like the idea that we get a share of the cantina. I like that too, because that's going to be a nice way to earn a little extra cred. Because this is a popular restaurant. I feel like that could be difficult to get them to agree to, but I could try and sway them. Sorry. You are a smooth talker. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm still, I'm still early smooth talker. Yeah. <laughs> well, even if we couldn't get them to give us a share of the cantina, maybe we could do it where, like, if one, because I like that. I think that's a really good idea. But if they want to agree to that, maybe we can, like, take one of their sous chefs and be like, all right, now you have to come, like, work over at the, uh, work over at the, the insert cool name here. The cool name is here. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, we're not going to need to drill down into like the specifics of what, you know, what would influence them how much. I will say that if you ask for a share of the cantina, they're going to be resistant to that. And I'm definitely going to give you minus one and die to your engagement. Role. <laughs> um, if you just ask like to, you know, share some recipes with the uh, cool name goes here um, when they're in town and, you know, like do some collaboration, that would pro- that would be that wouldn't affect the role. Ooh, I love that idea because they can't chase people off that they have to collaborate with. Yeah. And because they're so popular, that will help bring business to Cool Name Goes Here, who we like. And I was just going to say, you know, to sweeten the deal, if we collaborate, you know, we go out and we travel and find, you know, these nice exotic spices that we'll get to taste in the winning dish. And I bet exotic spices go a long way to freshening up some tired old replicator food. <laughs> all right. So I think uh, in all, this is probably two dice for the engagement roll. And we'll cut right to right to the action of this cooking competition. Two dice. Okay, uh, look at that. Okay. So... Good result. You're in a controlled position when the action starts. So yes, I think they're going to go along with that. They'll be like, fine, they've got to get out of here uh, for now. Um, and you're in a controlled position when this cooking battle starts. I'm going to start a six-segment clock uh, that just says uh, victory in the cooking battle. And we can all approach this how, however you think your character would be uh, assisting in this scenario. All right. Quell has two things that she can bring to this cooking battle. Mm-hmm. One, her super sweet knife <laughs> that she found in a junk pile, but it's the best knife. And two, uh, Quell 
is going to do a little a little secret uh, spiritual stuff uh, to attune with the spirit of fire for their cooktop. She's oh, it's like Hal's moving castle. She's going <laughs> to chat with Calcifer. She's gonna be like Calcifer, don't burn our bacon. <laughs> I'll um, find you some really nice twigs if you don't overcook our eggs. <laughs> okay, well that seems like a sensible role to to do before you do anything else. So okay. I said it would be controlled. Um, so I'm also going to say it's limited, uh, controlled okay. limited for attuning here because you're pretty far away from you know any raging infernos or anything. It's just it's the little fire. It's the little cooktop fire. Yes. Still spirit, right? <laughs> yeah, a spirit of some kind. Um, probably like a... Well, make the roll and we'll see what kind of spirit it looks like. Okay. <laughs> I really hope this goes well. How many gambits do we have? Two. Okay, and I do... I am refreshing myself. I do have things that help me in terms of gaining gambits back. Yep, you can right. gain gambits when you roll a six on desperate, and you can gain gambits when you... Uh, spend a roll, but would have otherwise normally uh, earned a gambit. Okay, so you can generate gambits on desperate rolls. You can also generate gambits even if you spend a gambit. Well, I want this to go well, uh, but we only have two, but there's a good chance I'll make it back. Okay, I think I'll go ahead and spend it. So I'm doing an attune roll, right? Yep. And it's controlled. Yep, you, I, I put the little chip on the grid so that we remember it's controlled okay. limited for this one. Wait, is there any way I can make a gambit back on a controlled roll? Nope. Oh, okay, then I won't spend the gambit. Alright. And the effect is limited. And do I get any bonus dice for anything? Mm, not in this scenario. Not even... Okay. Well, if you push yourself or if somebody helps you, then yeah. Uh, What do I do if I push myself? You take two stress. All right, I'm going to push myself. I really want this to go well. All right, ready? So it was a three, a one, and a five. So does that mean we go with a five? Yes, you go with a five, which means you hesitate. Withdraw and try a different approach or else do it with a minor consequence. Uh, a minor complication occurs. You have reduced effect. You suffer less of harm. You end up in a risky position. Uh, so I think... In this case, what it would be is you're actually getting a little bit more spirit than you bargained for. Oh. Um, and you're, you'll probably take level one harm, scorched fingers, and be in a risky position. All right. I will take some scorching on my fingers. Uh, and I was going to describe this as just like a cute little salamander. Um, but I think you probably see like popping out from under the range. Um, I don't know. What's a good fiery creature? All the, all the spirits that uh, I've talked about so far have kind of had elements of two different creatures to them, whether they're like whales with feathers or... Is, um, is it like a fiery Komodo dragon? Yeah, it could be like it could be like a Komodo dragon, yeah, kind of sticking its head out. Um, but with... Um, let's see, you're in a kitchen environment, so that has water too. So I think it probably has like gills like a fish and the bubble and... Um, the is it like a sous vide? I'm just thinking yeah. it looks a little bit like, how do you say it, like an axolotl? That yeah, it axolotl. looks like an axolotl, yeah. yeah. And yes, yeah, so you will mark one on the clock there as this this little, this fiery Komodo dragon, who probably only you can see, because I don't think it's 
choosing to show itself to anybody else right now is starting to help you. Okay. Where do I see the clock? There we go. It's already there. Okay. Yep. Uh, so yeah, after uh, conjuring it up and, and making that little deal with it, but also kind of like, you know, having to slap my fingers on my thighs because they got a little bit scorched in the uh, <laughs> conjuring of this uh, spiritual assistant. Um, I say, okay, I feel like we should be good to go. We're cooking with heat. <laughs> oh, you could have resisted the scorched fingers if you wanted to, by oh, the way. How do I do that? You make a resistance roll. In this case, it would be with uh, probably resolve. Okay. So I just click on resolve? Yes, but remember that you have six stress right now, and if you roll poorly, you could take as many as five stress on a resistance roll. Oh. You could get trauma. Yeah. How poorly? How poorly would I have to roll? So with a resolve roll, or with a resist roll, you want to roll high, because you take... When you decide to resist a consequence, you take six minus your highest result. I think that that's worth risking, because what does having one harm do to me? If you use your fingers, it's less effect. Okay, and we don't want that to happen right now, right? I can see why not, If you're, especially if you're going to be like chopping stuff. Okay, <laughs> so let's try this then. Let's, let's hope that of my three dice, at least one of them is higher than a three, right? A four, yes. five, or six? Yep. If you get a four, five, or six, you don't. Well, there anyway, we go. You, don't, you take no stress. You roll the six. And you don't need to take scorched fingers. Perfect. So, uh, Quell, who is quick at calling and quick at picking, uh, <laughs> draws her fingers away before they get licked by a little bit of uh, salamander flame. All right. And the other side is... They're just like turning their the heater on on their elements the normal way, and they're like, "What is going on over there?" There's there's just like smoking already. Um, so who, who's who's up next to help with this cooking competition? I definitely want to modify our cooking surface because, well, first of all, in any sushi cooking competition, you want to add as much heat as physically possible, and if you cook <laughs> something for twenty minutes at two hundred fifty degrees. Imagine how it'd only take two minutes at 2,500 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Generally speaking, with sushi, you want it really hot. You just really want to cook it a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we could actually flashback here. Um, to, but you would have had ready access to the, to the oven. Because um, I think it would probably be... I think to be able to do it without them noticing or like sneaking in there, it would probably be a one stress flashback. Okay, uh, that sounds reasonable. Because you know, like, chances are they'd, they'd say that's some dirty pool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we established that this is risky because of the consequences of the last roll. All right, um, I won't be able to drop it into the roll 20 chat, so you're just going to have to trust me for my physical dice rolls temporarily. Okay, but what are you, what are you taking, Rig? Oh. Rig. Okay, so this is risky standard. And that's a three. Okay. Uh, so on a risky three, things go badly. You suffer harm, a complication occurs, you end up in a desperate position, you lose this opportunity. All right, well, I'm just going to make another clock that says lose. No! Uh, <laughs> that's pretty simple, right? And these are racing clocks, so whichever fills first will win. Uh, and this is risky, so I'm going to mark it up twice. You can resist that if you want. You'd need to spend the stress. I am going to resist that. All right. Let me look at your sheet. 
Yeah, right now you have three stress. I should have four stress, because I took the one for the flashback. Oh, yes, that's right. Okay. So, you could probably resist it with insight. Do you want me to roll it for you? You'd have three. You can roll it for yourself if you want. I'll let you roll it. All right. So, your highest was a four, so you'll take two more stress. Okay. But uh, the lose counter does not increment up any. Uh, They're still at zero, and you've got that one head start. Okay, moving forward. Who's up next to help out with this cooking competition? (laughs) Do you want to uh, marry it, or...? I have an idea. Well, a thought. Marion's uh, <laughs> watching the cooking happen right now, standing back in the kitchen. Um, so I want to pull out my um, my fine spices mm-hmm. and see what we have in front of us. And I want to try and find the best flavor combination for what we get. Mm, okay. I've been trying to figure out what what would be good to use in the in the cooking competition. Um, doctor has handle and identify substances. <laughs> Why were you the one licking the oh, thing? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Why not? Why not? So I'm going to doctor these spices. <laughs> uh, let's see, huh? So what would a so you're you're tasting them basically to like see what would go in there best, and then you're going to like toss them to uh, quell, or are you like quell sous chef? Um, I'm 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 trying to fabricate the recipe. Okay, okay. So I think this is this will probably be risky still because the risk of it is that you make a crappy recipe, <laughs> yeah, um, and that would suck. Um. So I think this will be, it would be risky standard, but you have those fine spices. So this is risky great. Nice. Um, I only have one die. I'd like to spend a gambit on this. Sure. So that we can have a good recipe. I think that's important. And I'd also like to push myself on top of that. Can we do both? (laughs) You can totally do both. Okay. So I get two extra dice for my spice doctor. <laughs> and oh somebody could help you if you wanted even more dice, but uh Does somebody wanna help me? Well, you know, I was gonna say that Myriad really knows meat. So Myriad <laughs> yeah. might be able to Myriad might be able to tell you which of your spices would go really well with whatever we are preparing. So I'm pulling out spices and I go to grab <laughs> a slab of meat and Myriad just slaps my hand. <laughs> Myriad's like, like, not that <laughs> It's like no. Not that one. <laughs> so, so do you want to help me? Yeah, I'll help you. All right, okay, so that's, take one stress. So that's oh, three bonus Do dice. I want to take that stress? <laughs> like, how, how stressed are you? I am pretty stressed. I'll take a stress. It's fine. <laughs> well, hey, when you have six stress, that means you can't possibly overindulge. That's true. Yeah. Um, so three bonus dice for Spice Doctor... Um, Augustine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to make your own brand of, <laughs> of rubs and marinades? The Spice Doctor brand? <laughs> so that's a six. Uh, that's a six. Uh, and a risky, which means you get that gambit back. Oh, wait, no, because you spent a gambit. You don't get it back. 
Sorry. Great effect. Um, but you do get great effect. Um, and everything goes according to plan. So a great effect, as you can see on the handy dandy chart here, which I actually um, stole off the Beamsaver Discord and then slightly modified. <laughs> Thank you, Beamsaver Discord. Um, we'll increment up one, two, three. Oh, there we look go. at that. that. That's worth the stress in a gambit. <laughs> yep. Mm. That's one heck of a, a spice rub you got going on there. <laughs> <laughs> and on the right kind of meat. Mm-hmm, that was really important. The smell is starting to drift over to the other table, and you can tell that Jam Jam Wigliff, uh is is sweating, and not just because of the heat of their, their range. <laughs> um, they're getting a little worried here. Uh, so who... If somebody succeeds on a standard or better here, you could bring it home. Who wants to go next? Who has one last thing that might be able to bring you home? Well, we need someone to do the cutting and cooking. I can do the cutting. I've got the I've got my really nice, super refined uh, <laughs> melee fine melee weapon. <laughs> sure. If you if if for this you want to say that your fine melee weapon is a cooking knife, I love that so much. Because that means that for the rest of the game, it's a cooking knife. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. <laughs> it is like a really, really nice cooking knife. Is it a sushi katana? <laughs> yeah, it's like a sushi katana. It's like a like super, what's the super like refined steel that they would say that like was the made Damascus. in Japan? Damascus, yeah. No, no, the kind that was made, they talk about it in like Kill Bill or something. Oh, Hanzo it's like steel. the special... It's a Hanzo yeah. steel cooking knife. It's, it's a Hanzo sword. <laughs> right. Hattori Hanzo. Okay. So, yep. Uh, as you draw your uh, your really nice fine knife that I think... Didn't we determine that it probably was like an artifact of some kind? And it, yes. It, it probably has like some kind of force coursing through it. It like vibrates <laughs> as you pull it out from your, from your, your pack. And it like, seems to sing in the light, and the light catches it uh, and shines in everyone's eyes. That really does sound like, like a Hanzo sword. <laughs> it really was Hanzo steel. Um, and this will be risky uh, great, because it's fine. It is really nice. Okay. What? <laughs> oh, what yeah, we need to determine what the actual approach is, though. Yeah. Um, I could see maybe Rig... I could see scraps. Um, I'm going to go study because if you'll let me, because I'm going to look at that piece of meat and I am going to assess just how it should be cut so that it retains its full like juiciness and flavor. And so that it's uh, when I cut it, it goes perfectly along the grain. So you can see like all the like, marbling and uh yeah and it, it looks gorgeous that's what i'm looking for and so that i cut it at just the right moment so that um it doesn't like bleed you know because like when you're cutting meat you don't want all the juices to come out you want it to rest <laughs> for the perfect length of time i do i do like that i think studying it uh will get you most of the way there you still do need to execute i think i would probably drop the effect level down to standard it would normally be limited, but again, you have that knife, so it's fun. So it's one more effect level. I would like to help. Yay! I, I've I've had to use a scalpel every now and again, so <laughs> I, I point out the 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 fat lines and the 
Nice. <laughs> you might want to aim for there. Oh God, this is creeping me so out. So it's a it's a risky standard, you said. Yes, uh, if you want to push yourself, you could do that. Um, I'm already pretty stressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I gave you one bonus die. You have one more gambit, and this could bring you home. And you can also generate gambits off of this. So I would like to spend the uh, the second gambit on this. And then what was the fine melee weapon? Is what moved it from limited up to standard? Exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to let the 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 flow of the cooking knife guide me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that this is where the session went. Look at oh, that. That is a crit. <laughs> there you go. Um, Claret, what kind of meat did uh, Myriad have pair with the spices? Um. Probably some weird beast from Arbalon <laughs> that we had like preserved on the ship. Ooh, yeah, some like uh, some nice herbivore, some like uh, deer equivalent or something like a venison, <laughs> like um, maybe a bird, moose buffalo, moose buffalo. <laughs> yeah, is that a buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> We're not calling it buffalo. <laughs> That's not what we're calling it. <laughs> it's a moose buffalo. It has, like, it's the size of a moose, but it looks like a buffalo. Mm. Having eaten both moose and buffalo, I can say those are both tasty meats. All right, so yes, uh, and you get that gambit back because you got a crit. So the yeah. win clock actually fills up to seven because... Uh, <laughs> When you crit, you increase your effect level. And yeah, I think with the... the yeah, what, what does it look like as you put these the finishing touches on this and put it in front of the judge? Uh, I think the judge in this scenario would probably be... Probably just like a very surprised patron. <laughs> <laughs> I, after slicing it, would really like... Because this is, you know, a, a delicacy in Myriad's home... Right, mm-hmm. I would like Myriad to set the plate in a way that's very traditional for Arbalan. Arbalan. I mean, I'd probably just plop the plate down in front of him <laughs> and be like, "Eat, eat." <laughs> uh, it plops down beautifully uh, in front of the in front of the patron, uh, and they look down at it, and then they look up at the. Uh, the other team led by Jam Wigliff as they bring over. Um, it's probably like, I think it's probably something very, uh, you know, it's sort of like a beef Wellington, maybe um, something very pretty fancy. It's the, the post cataclysmic equivalent of a beef Wellington. Um, <laughs> and they set it down and the patron looks back and forth and they take a few bites of each and, uh, and they, they dab their mouth, and they, they look, and they're like, well, I don't know any of your names, but that one. And they point at uh, Quell and, and Myriad, having brought it over. <laughs> uh, and just a, a darkness falls over Jam and the others, and they're like, we've been beaten at our own game. Uh <laughs> Myriad takes their cane and like raises it above their head and like shakes it in victory. Yeah. 
<laughs> Good job, team. And since you got that extra one over the six, I'll say that they have to clean up too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, and as they're cleaning up the the Komodo dragon probably like burns them a little bit you know just on the finger a little bit and they're like ow what the hell uh, <laughs> <it's> just... <gone. laughs> uh, Quell leans back and is like by the way if you're uh, ever interested in those uh, that spice rub we've got the spice doctor right here and she kind of <laughs> you know uses her chin to indicate uh, Augustine <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so I think what we'll say here is, yeah, they they agreed to do uh, a certain set of uh, circumstances. Should you win, and they'll they'll follow through on it. They will not try to uh, run off other um, other competition anymore, even if it arrives in you know skyships full of outsiders. Uh, and they will give you a small share of the uh, of the cantina for we keeping even got quiet the share? on this. Well, yeah, that's, yes. that's what you asked for. Um, so effectively, I think if you spend enough time away from port when you come back, you'll just collect a credit or two based on the fortune roll I make. They're not going to track you down and like mail it to you, but if you come back, <laughs> they'll give it to you. They better not be able to track us down. <laughs> Do you report back to uh, Aller and Affy about this? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Problem uh, solved. <laughs> I also want to give them the recipe for the winning dish. Uh, <laughs> that way they can uh, draw some customers. Uh, to the the uh, cool name goes here, crew. Yeah. All right. I think uh, Aller takes it off you and like looks at the recipe and she's like, this is way above my head. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. She's really more of like the biscuits and gravy kind of cook. Uh <laughs> Here's some spices for your gravy. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Would we be able to trade some of the, that delicious spice rub you made for maybe like uh, some time in the mud spa? Here's some moose buffalo. <laughs> buffalo. Oh, you you did him a big enough favor. You your your baths your baths on the uh, for this trip are on the house. Aww, yeah. And um, yeah, as, as far as payoff goes, um, that that is going to be your payoff. You know, being able to collect with your share of the Rivercrest Cantina um, heat. Uh, no, I don't think you attracted any heat on this one, aside from actual heat of almost burning yourselves. <laughs> There's nothing illegal about cooking. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so you've got uh, the. The ship here is safely docked. You've managed to fix up its uh, its its heater. Uh, folks are kind of pouring back in because I think the word probably spreads around to this cooking competition, and they want to check out the winners. They don't know that Affy and Aller didn't actually cook at the competition. They just know the winners <laughs> were representing the uh, <laughs> the cool name goes here. Uh, so business is hopping. Um, but yeah, so we can probably move into the rest of the downtime. If you want to make the use of the facilities here, then, um, you know, there might be some extra dice or something to go along with your victory. I was going to say, I think Quell needs to get rid of some stress. I think you're right. So who would you like to cut loose with? The whole team. Oh, that's nice. Bath time. We got some nice warm bath water. Baths are on the house. 
Yeah, that, that, that sounds good. Um, you need to kind of pick one person in particular to connect with because that's how your beliefs about them go up. But uh-huh. like, yeah, I mean, you could all kind of be around. Who do you think you're really like kind of talking to and spending some time with here? I'm going to bring Myriad with me. Nice. So I think uh, uh, a way to do this would probably be to make the roll first because that kind of tells us how the scene goes and then you could just kind of, you know, tell us, fill in the blanks a little bit more afterward. You have one one belief about Myriad right now, right? Yep. Your, your connection clock with them is at one, uh, so you will roll one die. All right. What do I roll? Like 1d6? Yep. All right. A six. Oh, you clear six stress. Yeah. Woohoo. Down to no stress. <laughs> All right. So this is very, very restorative. Tell me about this scene. What does this look like? Oh, I like to imagine, if this is possible, that the bath is kind of like an indoor version of like the the onsen in Japan, you know, like a like a more small one, like a, and that uh, Quell is sitting there probably with like a hot towel up on her head, <laughs> you know, probably a drink to the side, you know, just kind of leaning her her head back, her arms like kick back, and it's just relaxing. And basking in the glow of the whole team having accomplished this amazing cooking battle. When I don't think anyone on the team knows how to cook worth shit. <laughs> None of us know how to cook. So this but was together, really spectacular. <laughs> together you made it happen. And that's, you know, just she's reflecting on the good fortune brought to them, you know, by the by the universe. And uh, is turned into... To quell, or not to quell, to, to Mary and say, you know, what about you? What do you think about good fortune in the universe? Um, I think that good fortune comes to those who don't ask for it. Quell kind of ponders this for a moment, takes a long draw off of her beverage of choice, closes her eyes and says, I can see that. So is it that the universe rewards the humble or is it that the seeking only reinforces the wanting? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Quell kind of gives a little laugh and ponders this a bit more as she relaxes in the warm water and then says, by the way, how are your feet? Feet are good. And with that, she just quietly enjoys Myriad's comfortable presence. Excellent. Excellent first cut loose scene. Um, so you will now increase your connection clock with Myriad by one. So basically what that means is just make yourself like put a little number two underneath your belief. And then you can fill in what belief, what new belief you have about Myriad later. Um, you don't need to do it on the spot. Uh, the belief should probably be informed by, you know, this interaction and the interactions you've had with them beforehand. Um, since, you know, the last time you had that first belief. It doesn't have to be, but it makes sense. Uh, Myriad, it doesn't go the other way around. You, only the person who takes the action uh, increments it. But if you wanted to, you could say that this also counts as your cut loose <laughs> and, like, you know, double up. You don't have to, though. I was planning on doing a cut loose as well to uh, clear some stress. 
All right. Uh, so yes, Miria, did you want to do another cut loose scene of your own, or did you want to have that be your cut loose? Um, I wanted to do a cut loose scene of my own. Okay. Well, we can roll right into that. What did you want to do? I was going to um, grab gadget. Gadget finds Myriad's uh, star spindle very interesting. So yeah, as a reminder, you have access to the uh, the, the gracious facilities of the, the cool name goes here. But you also have, you know, the nice market. You could go back to the cantina. You could hang out in the by the river, sort of. I mean, it's in the sky, but, you know, you can kind of make it happen. Um, you could hang out back on your ship. My plan was to just, like, sit and watch Gadget as... Uh, they worked on whatever their project was. Cause oh, that's a good idea. Just like watching them do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead and make the roll because I kind of like using the roll to determine, you know, the how how restorative it feels for your character. It makes sense for the fiction to follow like that, and it'll just be one d six because you have the one okay. one belief, the one connection. Okay, you got a four. So you've clear four stress. So Gadget's working on her little drone and she's, you know, noticed that Myriad's watching her. So she's kind of like narrating the process out loud. And what you see here is right now I'm kind of uh, working on the gears. They're made out of carbon fibers. And she kind of gives Myriad (laughs) a pointed look. Uh, So if this ever breaks, I can always replace the carbon fibers, Myriad. (laughs) If you ever need your carbon fibers repaired, just come up to me. I'll keep everything down the down oh God, I forgot that, that you think that Myriad is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> and Myriad's just like listening and like taking this all in. It's so secret, <laughs> not even they know it. Like understanding like, oh, that's really interesting. What are carbon fibers? Oh, and she kind of like goes on to an explanation. It's like, you should know this. They grow from the trees in Arbalon. You know this. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much how that goes. Is I just... <laughs> All right. Yep. We just uh, pull back from the, the window of the workshop as, as Miriam probably just like sits and thinks about like, what on earth is Gadget talking about? <laughs> Uh, and you know the sounds of, of ratcheting and, uh, and plotting uh, continue out of the of the beluga as it's safely docked to the side of the tower. Are uh, anchored? Yeah, I guess anchored. Myriad is convinced that Gadget is like the smartest person in the crew. <laughs> nice. Um, and then let's see. So both. Um, both Quell and Augustine have one more downtime action each. I think Quell is going to train. Uh, you know, Quell has has been spending uh, time uh, attuning with with spirits that she doesn't usually work with. You know, attuning with the little spirit in that uh, that cooktop and attuning earlier with those <laughs> rather intimidating storm spirits. And as Quell is doing this, Quell is starting to realize that there might be a lot more spirits than she originally thought, as <laughs> long as she's willing to understand that spirits don't have to be giant, uh, you know, primal forces. 
that maybe smaller versions of these forces take on like a more domestic role. Like you might imagine like, you know, small commie, you know, like, you know, like the stove commie, the toilet commie, <laughs> you know, right. the, and, and so, um, to explore this, she'll start experimenting, seeing if she can kind of call out kind of like a, like a hat, like a neighbor, like knocking on items and seeing if there's a spirit there that wants to come out and talk to her. So she's going to be working on a tuning. All right. So let me, I was looking at the beluga to see if you have any training upgrades. I don't think so. No. Mm-hmm. So you'll just mark one, okay. mark one in that track. Got it. I think I don't think you're getting any big bites right now, but you are like feeling connections around you as you uh, try to kind of expand your mind to that right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she literally is knocking on things, so people might look <laughs> at her a little weird. Well, Gadget already looked at her weird. Um, well, Gadget, uh, for all of her things that she believes in, she actually does not believe in the existence of spirits because they are just not scientifically possible. Um. And normally people are taken aback by this belief system, but you know what? Gadget believes that she has a um, fellow in arms with Quell. She seems to be like a person of science. Um, Earlier, when the uh, storm spirits that were actually weather balloons piloted by Illuminati came by, she was able to take control of those weather balloons and help our situation. And... Just recently, when we're doing the cooking competition, she was also able to uh, work with the machines and create extra heat. So she's going to be um, discussing these instances with Quill, you know. How how did you manage to tinker on with this stove? And how did you tinker with the weather balloon? Like, I I, I need to learn your methods. Mm -hmm. And and Quill, you know, with nods and Quill... Quill has no idea that Gadget doesn't believe in spirits. So Quill's going to be like, well, you know, when you're working with a certain, you know, a certain object or, or for, for example, a piece of machinery, um, you know, there's there's an energy inherent to that item. You know, it, it channels through it. Yep. That's how electricity works. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you if you know how to harness that energy and direct it in a way, um, you can use it to increase the efficiency of whatever task it is. Oh, I just need to learn to how to remote cl- uh, remote overclock the system. You know what? I'm glad I had this chat with you. You gave me a new perspective on, on my methods. Right. And sometimes you just need to sit with an object, you know, get familiar with it. Uh, and it seems like it just kind of opens up to you and you gain a better understanding of it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I, I learned new things uh, by studying uh, the blueprints and schematics all the time. You know, that's a good point, Quill. I'm glad, I'm glad I have a fellow scientist here in our crew. Quill looks a little confused at the at the term scientist and is like, well, I'm glad we understand each other. <laughs> Where is this conversation happening? It might be happening in the workshop. I mean, Quell would be happy to just kind of hang out there and chat. <laughs> Especially if she's like, knocking on random items. Uh, is Gadget like using her like workshop light to like shine it in? <laughs> In, in Quell's face, like an interrogation. <laughs> uh, not as an interrogation. Uh, might be 
um, getting into her personal space, but that's just less of Gadget being intrusive and more of her just being unaware of people's personal bubbles. She sees <laughs> Quill knocking on things as just performing percussive maintenance. And you know, sometimes they have to smack a machine to make it work better. Right? Knocking on things, peering into things, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and roll your uh, 1d6. Unless you already Ooh. did. It looks like you. Nice. Did you already do that? Five? Yep. All right, cool. So yep, you clear five stress and you'll increase your connection clock by one. So you should now have two beliefs uh, with <laughs> with Quell. The great thing is this whole conversation works so well with the existing belief that Quell had for Gadget. <laughs> that Gadget must be able to speak to the spirits of machines the same way <laughs> Quell speaks to spirits of the world. And that means machines have spirits too. So yep. yeah, Gadget totally understands the energy of the item and being able to sit in tune with it to, to have a better communion. She gets it, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so that was two for Gadget, right? Because you did the study and then you did the cut loose. Uh, so you still have one, Augustine. Did you just want to train something? Yeah, I'm just going to train in a playbook advancement. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, what does that look like? They will just go around uh, the heights, you know, just chat people up, just wander about, see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Rubbing elbows with the populace. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, all right, so you can rank that up by one. Uh, so before I ask if anybody wants to spend a credit to do another one, there's actually something we forgot to do at the very start of downtime. Which is my fault, because this is a new thing in Scum and Villainy. Uh, And that is called upkeep. So, ship parts wear out, there are fuel and repair costs, and minor patch jobs to handle scrapes and dents from flying through space. Each downtime, right after payoff, decide if you pay for ship upkeep. Upkeep for a ship is calculated as follows. Uh, You don't need to worry about the equation right now. Uh, It's it's system quality plus crew quality, all divided by four. Right now it equals one. Uh, if you pay the upkeep, then, you know, you keep the beluga in good working order. Everything's fine. If you skip upkeep, then we'll roll 1d6. Uh, if you get a 1 to 3, no worries. Uh, wear and tear is minor and won't affect performance on the next job. If you roll a 4 to 5, a system malfunctions, but it's minor. You can rig a solution in the field. Um, if you get a six or, well, it says six plus, which I guess would equal a quit, crit too, uh, then a system is badly damaged. You can repair it with a downtime activity next time you're in port. And the thing here is that I'm not just going to say, oh, well, a thing breaks and you can fix it immediately. I'm just going to keep that in my pocket that a thing is broken and it's probably going to come up at a bad time. Uh, so you can choose whether you want to pay the upkeep, uh, and not have to worry about that or... Um, my cat is knocking around a little trackball, a little rolly ball thing. She loves it. Oh, sunset! I love you. She wants to. Be, she's making fully for the podcast. <laughs> uh, so you can choose whether you want to pay that one and avoid having to roll on the table, or you can keep your money and roll on the table. And let me look at gadget because, yeah, bailing wire and mech tape would help you. Um, Oh, no, that's just helps with wire. That doesn't matter with upkeep. So, yeah. So, what do you want to do as a crew? Do you want to pay the upkeep costs, or do you want to risk it? So, we have one credit right now to our you name? You do. Yep. Now, 
when is the small amount that we get from the place going to kick in? Next time you come come here. Depends on how long we are between trips. Tell you what, I'll say by the time you leave here, you could probably get one credit's worth. So I'll give you one more credit. Well, if we already, if we have two credits, I'd be willing to spend a credit. But what does everyone else think? And you could pay it from your personal money too. But, you know, then you have to decide who's paying it. <laughs> yeah, I have no credits, so. It might be safest to spend the credit now. All right. So mm-hmm. I will take off that one credit. You know, you got to spend money to keep flying. Uh, and that is that. I think that is everything for downtime, right? Okay. So, yep. I think we can... Yeah, I think I'd like to roll right into it uh, next time. So we could probably just end with, like, a quick shot of the whole crew making their way to the offices of, um... Uh, the next morning after after you uh, all rest and recover, making your way to the office of a uh, a Junkers Guild representative um, and uh, you sitting down across from them and they kind of like they set down some reports and they look at you nervously and they're like, this is the crew, Augustine. That's them. All right. Good. I've got some work for you.